With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Vredestein tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Greetings and happy Monday. Welcome inside the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. The NBA playoffs resumed over the weekend. Today, my heat. San Diego Padres make the big trade of the trade deadline, Mike Harmon. My Padres, these teams that I have plucked out of obscurity and picked to do big things in the playoffs. Today is my day because, you know, the Mets already lost. Today is my day, Mike Harmon. My Padres, my heat. I am feeling good about today. Uh, I am, I got to be honest, Mike. I mean, I, I, I saw this coming. But still to see it coming is pretty sweet. I, I got to well, say. I mean, I, I saw it all coming. But to have it coming really, is pretty, ball. pretty sweet. Yes. I said, well, listen. Listen, first things first. Rockets lead the Thunder right now early yeah. in the second quarter. 29-27. A big closeout game. Now, my Rockets also. I do want to say that. My Rockets. I picked oh, yeah. the Rockets to get to the NBA Finals out of the West. You've claimed and- a lot of teams, though. No, 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 I didn't really. I, 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 no, 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 my pick, and it's, it's documented. <laughs> it's documented on our, on our site. Everybody, we all made our picks. I picked the Rockets and the Heat. Yes, Even if did. the Rockets lose in the first round, if the Heat make it to the finals, I win. I mean, no, I win everything. My, my, you know? my yeah. Denver Nuggets. Your Nuggets, buddy. Ooh, and, can't and wait then, for that uh, one. And then I have the Celtics. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, hey. it's, 
like the way they look. But, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that we have the trade deadline, all the rumor, conjecture, speculation, who's in, who's out, and it's always good when you have mystery teams and all yes. that nonsense reporting starts. But the fact that the Padres, in the position that they're in, shuffled up half their roster, it's a beautiful thing. Like, yeah. I, I like that they're buyers after all these years of, hey, they got some good young talent. Let's yeah, oh, no, no, do. no. It so. was big. It, it was big. We'll get to the Padres in a couple seconds because obviously they're going to be a big deal. Look, baseball trade deadline coming and going today and the Padres making the big deal. But yeah. to, stick, to stick with the NBA we'll here for a couple of minutes, yes. uh, you know, coming off of, you know, like we said, we'll keep you updated on the Rockets and the Thunder throughout the night. The Heat take game one of the East semis over the Bucks, 115 to 104. My Heat, the team that I picked to go to the finals. Why? For two reasons. As much as in the first round, early in the first round, it looked like it was going to be Damian Lillard's playoff, right? We all made our Mm -hmm. picks going in. Lillard was the best player in the bubble, and he was phenomenal until he got hurt. It looked like it was going to be Damian Lillard's playoffs. And I said, look at the East. This is Jimmy Bucket's time. This is the team. This is when he's been working his entire career to get to this point where he's the leader of a deep, talented, and tough team. And this is going to wind up being his playoff and his time and his moment. And certainly today, 40 points for him a huge night uh, to lead the way Dragic in the starting lineup he has been fantastic he had 27 you know you got a great night from Adebayo who had 12 and 17 and 6 and a couple of steals and this was a big win for the Heat because they got it from everything in every place they were supposed to they were led by Jimmy Buckets and their bench they're deep they go nine deep Tyler Hero comes off the bench does not shoot very well but still hits some threes and the Heat take a one game to nothing lead over the Bucks and it's different than the Orlando Magic getting the attention of the Bucks with a win in game one because, look, the Magic, it was nice. It was a nice win. That was as far as they were going. The Magic don't have the firepower. The Heat have the firepower. They have the toughness. They have everything they need to win this series. And now there is no such thing as home court advantage, so it's not like he'd have to worry about going into Milwaukee and winning the first game or being down 2 nothing and going home and being on the defensive. Everything is equalized, and the Heat, they were really coming on strong and this is a big big win for them today my heat mike Harmon, my heat well we we talk about personalities and and these two teams love to beat the hell out of each other right i mean that's that's their game you know Giannis with flair and and dramatics and you have the big scoring efforts defensive player the year mvp all these things all the accolades but the heat it's just a bunch of guys that keep coming at you bam out at a bayou i mean Giannis had 12 field goal attempts. That's huge. And he can't shoot free throws. So there you go. Put him on the line. Make him earn him. He was 4 of 12 today. What, what, what does that mean? You lose uh, every time. 18, 10, and 9, 6 turnovers and a minus 14 for him. If Middleton's going to have to take 24 shots, and look, today he had a good day. Shot 50% from the field, 28 points. But if they're going to have to rely on him, he, he was MIA for a good chunk of, of the first series. And so when you talk about 9 deep and Hero hit a couple of big shots late, defensively they don't back down and i know it's 115 104 so you say how oh, is the defense no no no. go back and watch you know the yeah. breakdowns as Giannis <laughs> is trying to get into the lane and get freed up he didn't get any easy looks shots he made he fought for him so it, it and i expect that to be the whole series I, i'm with you i think the heat beat them in this series, they still lose to the Celtics when it's all said and done, uh, as I predicted. Yeah, but, but I'll worry about. We'll worry about I, that later. Well, we, we got to worry about the here and now. See, that's the thing. You look too far ahead. See, I, you got to worry about what's in front of you and what. See, I, I'm good. It at was the about vanquishing you eventually. You're about the long term, but you got to get there first. You, you, you got to get there. That's what has to happen. You have to get. Well, I you got. I get got there. my first step. You got yours, uh, <laughs> and, and away we go. But yeah, it, it's it's one of those. And, and I, I've heard and seen already on social media the excuse making of they're not their heads aren't in the game. They're not there. It's like no, they're in the bubble. They're playing basketball, and they knew they had a tough opponent against them. They did not rise up for game one. Period. We'll see what Twitter. game two looks like. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studio. So a big night, big day in the NBA, big weekend in the NBA, too. We got a lot on the Lakers and the Clippers, too. I'm not feeling great if I am fans of either of those teams. <laughs> I, I'm happy. I'm more relieved. But 
the day also was split between what went on in the NBA and my Heat and my Padres <laughs> making the biggest trade of the day, uh, getting Clevenger from the Cleveland Indians in a trade. One of those trades that was a big deal that I say I really like it for both sides. All right, I love San Diego going all in, getting a horse because as good as their young pitching is, it's still on its way up. Chris Paddock is on the way up. Uh, Mike Clevenger is a established ace who, let's face it, Cleveland had to move on from him. He's not of the. This is not a trade deadline that normally Mike Clevenger gets traded in. But with the COVID-19 situation, which he and another player of the Indians uh, broke COVID regulations, Clevenger flew on the plane back uh, with his teammates, not telling them he broke COVID violations. This was one of those, the trust in the locker room is gone. And we saw it break down that way after it was over that week or two after uh, it happened with Mike Clevenger, still Indians teammates were supremely pissed at him. Mm -hmm. So he's not normally, he wouldn't normally, have been on the market, but Cleveland does have a lot of good young pitching. You know, that look, they've replaced their big three from a year ago uh, pretty quickly, you know, with Kluber and, and now making the move with Clevenger, and they traded Trevor Bauer, so they've made that complete uh, turnover now. But he normally wouldn't be available, but because of the COVID situation that was highly talked about, he's available. He needed a fresh start. The Padres go out and get him, and they trade away 47 prospects, but none of their <laughs> top 100. Uh, in one of those trades where I like it for both sides because both the Indians and the Padres have figured out how to maintain contention when we're not a big market team. It's not like the Dodgers have to worry about the Padres. They didn't do anything in the trade deadline, but you know, clearly now the Padres see themselves as, hey, we can catch the Dodgers. We think we're going at least to make the playoffs because five games when you're only playing teams in your division basically is not a big deal. So you can make up five games. It's not like, boy, we're five games out and there's 20. No, you can. You have a three-game series of them coming up, and then you know what? You got another three-game series and another three-game series. But what both these teams have figured out is, and finally the Padres have done it, is how do we bring up our farm system, keep it stocked, be able to make trades when we can, and be able to move on from star players to the next incarnation of our team after three or four years. And if that's not working, we continually do it and replenish, right? That's how we have to do it. That's how the Indians have been doing it for a better, better part of the past decade. Look, you would think at this point last year, look at their three big studs they have, and now they're all gone. They're all Kluber's Cy Young award winner, gone. Trevor Bauer, gone. Now Clevenger, gone. But they do have pretty good pitchers to take their place. Carrasco coming back from leukemia. Bieber has been really good. So they can do that. And now they got rid of their, they got rid of their three big stars, and they brought in a lot of young depth. And, and some pieces are going to contribute right away for Cleveland. Uh, some are going to be a little bit down the road. And for the Padres, they go out and they get a star, and they still have a deep farm system. And they still have starting pitching that has eight, that goes eight deep with with talented players whether it's a young guy coming up where the young guy's trying to establish themselves or now you have at Clevenger at the top of the heap so now if they want to make a move they can still make a move in the offseason trade for a big player if both of these teams have figured out that way of keeping the farm stocked being able to make trades for big players make a mini run recognize when that window is closed and then start again with the next invention of players next invention of the team and that's what the Indians have done and the Padres are on that way up now figure it out well look when you stink for that long and you have that great a farm system eventually it's going to come around for you so I, I love this trade from both sides even though Cleveland can say well do we do we get players who are going to be stars well you potentially got Francisco Lindor's replacement because you're going to let him go he's going to go somewhere after the winner's over uh, you, you brought you brought in a reliever you brought in a starting pitcher you brought in a guy that could play the outfield for you right now you made enough in this trade to make it worth it especially when you're dealing from a position of strength and you had to trade Clevenger anyway so I, I this trade, I love it for both, and both teams have figured out that way of let's keep our farm system stocked, keep our big league team good, and then just rinse repeat as we go through. Well, Padres, uh, you would think that, that that becomes the formula. You got you to gotta get good to stay good, Jason. Uh, at least Cleveland's uh, had some a little bit of success there. Uh, the curiosity, I mean, obviously Clevenger couldn't stick around uh, remains to be seen what happens with Plesak before it's all over. He was the other player in Cleveland, both of whom had been demoted to the minor leagues, despite the fact that when you go through 
you know, AL starters, uh, Clevenger since 2017 had the second lowest ERA next to Justin Verlander. So just throw that one out there for a second, showing how bad and toxic he became after that incident. Uh, wouldn't you love to have a microphone, a hot microphone like we've seen so many times uh, when it came down to those team meetings? But for the Padres, yeah, it, it all rises up. And you gotta got to remember that that run, that opportunity and that window it opens and shuts very fast, right? We saw that with the Cubs. Not that they're not competitive, still ahead of their division, but the idea that you're going to just run to a World Series and stay there uh, certainly is a not not the proposition for most teams. It's just not the way baseball or any other sport works. So you got a guy like Tatis. You've got this mutant season where you're going to have a shot because, let's face it, most years over 162, do they have enough pitching? Nah, maybe not, <laughs> right? Because Paddock has been roughed sure. up. He's been absolutely horrible two of his last four starts, and that's the guy you were banking on to be your anchor. Now you bring in, in Clevenger and, and hoping that he adjusts, and obviously he'll enjoy pitching in that ballpark. Are you kidding me? Uh, it's he nice. already said how excited. He says the Padres are like the it place to be, like it's a Hollywood movie. Hey, I'm, I was so happy to be getting this new Avengers movie, man, because that's the it place to be. He's like, the Padres are the place to be right now. He's figuring, eh, I'm going for a month in San Diego. It's, it's exciting. San Diego I'm love instead it. of Cleveland, man. Yeah, <laughs> this is great, man. I get to do September in San yeah. Diego. That's going to be awesome. I am excited. No, that's, that's a win if there ever was one. Uh, you did. Uh, you did forget that Ross Stripling got traded to the Blue Jays. Two players to be ma- named later, but uh, that was the Dodgers' move of the day. Just to kind of throw that out there, because he was probably going to end up back in the bullpen. And yes, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't anything the Dodgers did to get better. And there were a lot of trades that came in. Like the Mets made like three trades, like three hours Todd after the Frazier deadline. It's like, returns. oh, great, we got the Todd father back. <laughs> but look, but, but like the Dodgers didn't really go out and no. and and satisfy any needs. They didn't go out to okay, we got We we need X, Y, and Z. We need many more bullpen arms. We need this. We need that. The big contending teams sort of stayed put because yeah. it, you know it was one of those. Today was one, this is one of those trade deadlines where obviously no one really knows anything about their team. We've only been playing together for 35 right. games. So what do you do? Well, look, if you're the Dodgers, everything is pretty good right now. Teams are going to be flawed. We could make move for a reliever, but is it going to be worth it? We're not sure. Things are really strange, so we're going to sit tight. Yankees sit tight. You know, the best teams sat tight and said, okay, we're, we're good where we're at, and, and we're winning, and we're not going to mess around with this because we still don't really know our team. Maybe our guys start pitching better. Maybe our bullpen starts pitching better. Maybe you know, we start hitting better in the clutch. Whatever is, is ailing, ailing your team, uh, many, many squads right now are saying, we still don't know enough about us, so why are we going to make a trade when we don't need to? So the teams who needed to make the trades are the ones who did. Oakland made a trade. You know, Padres are going to – I think after the deadline, the Padres are still going to be making trades trades so that's that's the, the, you know, you're seeing these teams that need to make the moves they did the established ones sat it out and i, I kind of get that from both sides yeah i look at the the way the, this plays right again the padres recognizing you've got this this circumstance that gives you this opportunity because normally you're still chasing the dodgers right <laughs> and you're fighting for wild card berths and yeah you'd have a lead right now but over 162 Maybe not. So why not try to take advantage of this window? Cleveland's tied with the White Sox coming into tonight's games uh, ahead of the division. They shuffle up and deal. The White Sox held a team meeting saying, what do we think? And they all looked around and said, we like each other, the veterans, saying the kids get it. So they said, okay, let's go. Let's let's ride with this team. So uh, they move forward. A lot of veterans that they brought in, Grandal, Encarnacion, uh paying big dividends and Jose Abreu having a huge year, so away you go. Will they have enough pitching when it's said and done? I don't know, but for the last month, the starting pitching's been fine, and the Yankees are still hanging around in wildcard territory, even though the fact that they've been terrible for the better part of two weeks, and Aaron Judge uh, is made of cardboard, like those <laughs> fans in the stands. <laughs> There was Twitter. supposed to be some dramatic music that played yes, me no. out there. But, That's okay. but the point being that, you know, it, it, it makes for strange bedfellows and a lot of fun for us because the second half is going to be a, a wild ride. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining us now on the hotline, it was MLB trade deadline day. We saw one big deal, a couple of somewhat big deals, and then a lot of deck chair arranging. With us now from MLB Network, Fox Sports 1, friend of the show, John Paul Morosi. JP, what's happening? Happy trade deadline day 2020. And I would say this. It felt quite normal. I really feel as though uh, this was the same frenetic pace that we usually have at the trade deadline. It felt normal. And we can say that about precious few things in 2020. We could say that today at the MLB trade deadline. 
Uh, obviously, the biggest move was Mike Clevenger going to the Padres. I like both sides of this deal. Uh, look, the Padres making a move, getting a stud for the top of the rotation. They do trade some young players away to the Indians, but the pieces the Indians could use now and in the next couple of years. If this didn't have a COVID-19 aspect to it, where Mike Clevenger had to make right with his teammates, he flew on the team playing with them after breaking COVID quarantine, is he still traded? Or did the COVID-19 situation make it so, okay, this guy really can't come back anymore. We can't have him. We got to move him someplace else. Jason, you ask many great questions. This is probably <laughs> top ten wow. okay, that, that we have had in wow. our conversations over the years. This is this is an excellent question. Uh, I, I think we would have still seen him traded, but there is no question that that situation and that violation of the COVID protocols is what began us down this road for this particular trade at this particular time. A.J. Preller, the GM of the Padres, we know very opportunistic and willing to make a deal. And uh, Joel Sherman observed today on MLB Network that once A.J. gets going, it's hard to stop. Clearly, he remade a third of his team uh, in the span of the last several days. I I think with Clevenger, guys, we've seen the Indians still keep winning even as they trade away all-star caliber pitchers and Cy Young pitchers like Corey Kluber and then Trevor Bauer here uh, last year as well. But I, I think so a trade was probably coming with Clevenger. This trade at this time, perhaps not, but, but I do think that there was a much higher chance of Clevenger being dealt than probably a lot of us, uh, even, uh, even those of us in the quote-unquote insider realm, which I'm desperately trying to kind of hang into as long as I can. Uh, that's, that's a, uh, that was something that we probably didn't really hear too much about relative to what the actual chances were just a short time ago. JP is staying in the division. The Dodgers make a deal. Stripling goes to Toronto for a couple of players to be named later uh, in between starting and relief. But the Dodgers have a, a number of guys in that rotation that can't seem to get out of the fifth. Surprised they didn't go bigger? I am, Mike. I really thought the Dodgers at a time when the Padres were closing the gap, I thought L.A. would, would have taken the opportunity. Maybe you maybe you get Lance Lynn there, maybe even Dylan Bundy there with the Angels in Orange County. You would look at that move. The Dodgers clearly have the resources, both the money and the prospects, to get almost any player on the planet. And I just think that based on the way the last year's playoffs went, that getting one more player would have certainly fortified the club, especially if it's a starting pitcher, and then also sent sent the message that they're not complacent. They're still going to keep trying to make moves here and there. Certainly getting Mookie Betts uh, was, was a nice move in that regard last winter, <laughs> but I, I think overall, getting one more starting pitcher, because you think about the Padres now, and you put Clevenger there with, with Chris Paddock, and, and the Padres on their best days can make pitches with the Dodgers. And I think you, you also look at potentially the Reds, who the Dodgers may have to face in the first round. That's a tough opponent if they end up getting into the dance. So it's a really interesting dynamic. The Dodgers, to me, still the best team in the National League, still the best team in all of baseball. But the Padres today closed the gap. JP, I feel like seeing some of the teams, you know, the Dodgers did make the one trade with Roster. They didn't get anything back. Watching the Yankees, and that really surprised me. This is a team we thought they were going to be was going to be really, really good, and now they struggle to beat the Mets, and the Mets, I don't want to talk about them. But we thought the Yankees are going to be really good, but all these injuries they're having, and the Yankees don't make a move, and, and that really surprised me, that of all the teams that are, are close to the top that need to make moves. Look, we watched the Indians. They made a move. We watched the A's at the top. They made a move. We watched all these teams. Hey, even the Marlins decided to make yeah. a move for now by getting Starling Marte. Seeing the Yankees kind of sit there, I'm like, wow, the Yankees really just sat there. They did, and they're in second place now, by the way. They're sitting in second place. And as a quick parenthetical, our Mets conversation, Jason, that can happen after the show. You call me, sure. yes. we'll okay. catch up off the air, I'll boost your spirits, <laughs> Just it, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. okay. Uh, but with the Yankees, <laughs> listen, right now, they're a second place team, and they've had a lot of injuries, and I get it, and, and it's frustrating for a GM to have to constantly make moves because of injuries, because in some ways... Those are really hard to plan for. But maybe these are the Yankees. Maybe this Yankee team 
is a team that's just simply susceptible to injuries, and it's going to be hard for them to overcome that this year. And, and I think that you're spot on. They probably needed a little bit more reinforcement, especially on the pitching side. How confident are you with Jay Happ and Montgomery starting games in the postseason? Because right now, that's probably what they're looking at. Tanaka certainly has had uh, different health issues that have come up just even this year. I, I think overall, this is a team that is still one of the best in the game. But as we speak right now, and this is now my 16th trade deadline, I don't think that I have ever seen an American League this wide open to win, this close to the end of the year. I don't think we have a favorite in the American League. We don't. The A's could win it. The Rays could win it. Yeah, the Yankees could still win it, certainly. But I think the the White Sox and Twins could win it. And I was surprised that they didn't make a move today to really get themselves into the conversation with the Lance Lynn move or a Dylan Bundy move. So mm-hmm. I think you're, you're spot on, Jason, with the question about the Yankees because they are still a quality team. But I would have a very hard time with anybody convincing me right now that they are the quote-unquote team to beat in the American League. I don't think there is one, and I, and I don't think the Yankees uh, really realize maybe just quite how much parity there is in the American League around them because there's a lot of quality teams that have risen to their level while they now today stand, stood pat. All right, so I'll ask it for you. A number of moves by the Mets. I mean, they're only two and a half off the pace here for the for the wild card. So uh, I, I tossed that up. Todd Frazier and some other moves. He's, he's most important because he Robinson Chirinos. Don't forget Robinson Chirinos. I think Castro was added to the bullpen there. Complimentary moves, and and the point was made today, and I think it's correct that that with ownership coming in that there's a lot of pressure on this team to make the playoffs this year. They, While they don't have a great chance, obviously, they are in the National League where just about everyone with the exception of the Pirates, who play in a beautiful stadium in a great city, but yeah. the Pirates are, are not a contender. Uh, just about everybody else is. And that includes the Mets, Jason. That includes the Mets. So uh, I, I think that you look at that club right now, uh, Chirinos, I think, does a very good job handling a pitching staff, r- really respected veteran at that position. So I think that the moves were defensible. They made, they made a ton of sense to me today. Uh, so on this day, the Mets made some sense. But I, I, I also think that the big picture here, eventually there's going to be a new boss. And Brody Van Wagenen is going to have to sit before that boss and explain where the direction of the team is and, and, and the moves that he's made. And, and I think making the playoffs, even as a seven or eight seed this year, <laughs> would have value. But I think that the still the biggest thing on Brody's resume, for good or ill, and I think we both know which one it is, is the Cano-Diaz trade. John Paul Morosi, MLB Network, Fox Sports 1 insider with us here on the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. I'm just going to finish that by saying, yep, 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 yep. Hot Mike, hot Mike. Look out. (laughs) So, JP, uh, complete this sentence here for me. The teams we've talked about here, we talked about them improving. Complete this sentence for me. The team that people aren't really talking about that did the best to improve themselves today was who? We talked about the Dodgers not making move, making the one trade with Stripling, the Yankees not doing anything. We mentioned the Mets. The team that really helped themselves the most that we're not talking about is who? I'll give you one in each league. How about yeah, that? Let's, let's start with the American League, Toronto. Uh, they've added Stripling, Robbie Ray, in addition to Taiwan Walker last week. Their rotation is better than it's been in a while, I think, and, and they should be able to get into the playoffs. Uh, they have to just uh, hold off those Tigers who are playing decent baseball here of late. But I, I think overall, the Blue Jays, very good job. Jonathan VR as well. They're a team that's going to the playoffs, I believe. And so to get that young core to the playoffs, surround them with some really respected veterans, good moves there by Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins. And then in the National League, the Marlins. The Marlins are going to be in the playoffs, I believe, for the first time in 17 years. Incredible. Back to 3 when they won the World Series. Their last playoff game they won, and that was Game 6 of the 3 World Series. But they are going back there now. Uh, they, they bring in Sterling Marte. They've got a nice group of young pitchers there. Pablo Lopez, Alicia Hernandez. They've got a good group there of, of pitching that's allowed them to trade Caleb Smith in that deal there to get Sterling Marte. So, 
You bring in Marte, a star player who's been to the playoffs. I like it. I, I am all in on the fish. We're going to see three playoff droughts of at least 10 years end this year. Marlins since 03. Padres since 06, White Sox since 08, the Mariners since 01. They will have to wait for another time. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. My goodness, Russell Westbrook. Thunder look like they're going to force this to Game 7. Chris Paul makes two free throws with 12 seconds left. Russell Westbrook trying to kick it out to Covington, throws the ball out of bounds. Also didn't look like Covington was really ready for it, but still, wow. Well, he Uh, went to the spot, right? Yeah. And and now Westbrook just, you know, with a hard foul. Uh, Frustration showing because on the prior possession, prior to the Paul free throws, he'd airballed one and then stood there like it was the perfect pose after a, a big shot made. Mm. It was it was really uh, curious, to say oh, the least. Uh, you can find Westbrook. that highlight everywhere uh, right now off every social media platform, mm. uh, an NBA blogger. But, uh, yeah, a rough minute or so here on the, the game clock for Russell Westbrook. It is going to be a field day for everybody tomorrow to say, I told you so about Russell Westbrook. I told you about Russell Westbrook. I told you, I told you, I told you. Oh, my goodness. Russell Westbrook, the Thunder, lead this now by four with four seconds left. So this one's over. It's going to wind up going to game seven. Gallinari made a couple of free throws. And this this really shocks me because this this Thunder team shouldn't even be close to the Rockets, Mike. This seri- This shouldn't even be a series. Chris Paul is your best player. He had a he's big night tonight. Right? He's been fantastic. He's had tonight. a great night. He, he's had a great night. But Chris Paul is 35, and he shouldn't be dominating games like this. And this should have been James Harden in in four or five games, and and it's time to usher you out of the playoffs with our small ball philosophy that is going to work. We're going to shoot a ton of threes, and everything's going to work for us. And instead, we are going to seven games, and the Thunder, who were basically a team that people gave up on during the season and said, okay, well, the Thunder, what are you going to do? Chris Paul wants to get out of there so bad, I can't. But Dennis Schroeder's become a guy who's come off the bench. They were able to win 44 Mm -hmm. games in the regular season. Definitely greater than their individual parts. This still should not be this close. There's no This this series should not be going to seven games. I'm I'm embarrassed with the Rockets. Yeah, 15 made threes tonight. 9 of 12 from the free throw line. Overall, 45% for the Rockets. 42% for the Thunder, 12 of 36. But they made 16 free throws, Rebound, out-rebounded the Rockets by 10. So there's your uh, small ball coming into play. They also have, at, at present, five guys in double figures. Uh, Paul with 28, Gallinari with 25. Look, I... I picked him to win the series, not because I I knew what you were doing with your Rockets uh, when we submitted them for the contest, but for the fact that uh, I I, I did like the the play that you've seen. Gilgis Alexander, only 10 points tonight, uh, a minus nine, but a guy that can light it up and dort after a cold start. He's got 13 on the night. So a little bit of depth there coming in and that rebounding edge, always big. You know, Steven Adams, you know, looks like a superhero that I ran into earlier today with his 14 <laughs> rebounds today. Uh, Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Carmen live from the Geico Studios. It, 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 I'm embarrassed that the Rockets are in this. I'm embarrassed. Uh, but Game seven, though, buddy, because you saw what they're doing for tonight's, tomorrow's game seven, right? It's on ABC. Yeah, midweek midweek game on ABC. That is it a playoffs. Finals it's game. fun, yeah. man. No, it's a, they should just have Donovan Mitchell and, and Jamal Murray play one on one, just one on one for a half hour, and that's it. Whoever wins wins. There you go. That's do they the do finals. they get to play the Jordan versus Bird rules from the old McDonald's end? <laughs> uh, but we'll have more on the NBA coming up in a few minutes. But just really quick, because the, the Leonard Fournette story is such a big deal today. This is a guy that that the Jaguars let go because he had a lot of baggage off the field, not as dynamic as they thought he was going to be when they drafted him in the first round out of out of LSU in 2017. But 
is he going to find a home? Yeah, even though whoever picks him up's got to pay him four million dollars. That's not a lot of money. It's not prohibitive if you have a question your running game if you're trying to get by with some veterans and a couple of rookies. And there's a few teams that are trying to get by with that right now. Washington is trying to get by that way. Other teams. You talked about the Montgomery injury for the Bears. If he winds up being out, that could be something. Uh, you're going to like a player that you can count on for a thousand yards. You know, right? It'd be nice because Leonard Fournette still had 1,600 yards total last year. It was still a pretty yeah. nice year for him. But the team that's got to take him that where he fit in right away is got to be the Rams. All right, you've already had Jalen Ramsey say, "Come here, everything is great." And the Rams clearly, over the last two years, have shown that we don't care what kind of emotional baggage you have if you have talent. You have a spot here. And it's worked. They went to the Super Bowl. They had a decent year last year, even though they're not quite on the rise. They're trying to keep it going because they made a lot of moves to get to that Super Bowl. But they have shown that, hey, we can bring some kind of crazy into the locker room where whether it is some kind of, of a personality that, that's, that's big or whether it is an off-the-field ill or a locker room situation. And it's worked. If there's any place for Fournette, the Rams are the team that makes sense. Yeah, I like it. It's it's curious. Look, Washington has a lot of guys, right? We don't know where the breakout will be for fantasy purposes. Something we'll be dealing with uh, here in the next 10 days as you do your drafts. But uh, Los Angeles would be interesting. I just don't know that, you know, he's going to have to do a big sell job to come in there uh, at this juncture. And I don't know that, you know, they, they want to commit to that. Twitter at how about a fresca Mike at Swollen Dome more on the NBA and more on the superhero Mike met today coming up next right here on Fox be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app I'm Hannah Storm and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Yeah, buddy. And I'll tell you, I don't know anybody wants to play the Lakers. We are getting (laughs) game seven between the Rockets and the Thunder. It's been a great day for me because my Heat won. And it's been a difficult day for me because my Rockets are now looking at a Game 7 against the Thunder. In D'Antoni, we trust. Oh. (laughs) You know, and here's the thing. You you know, look, before we get into the game, because you bring up a, a good point, is that we are really glossing over the report last week. I think it was Woj that had it. That which team was it that said they would they would would look into Mike D'Antoni if he came available? It's like whoa, whoa, Mike D'Antoni's, and then we blew past it because oh, Mike D'Antoni's a Rockets. Uh, maybe there's something to that because it was very strange that suddenly oh yeah, and so and so would be interested in talking to Mike D'Antoni if he became available. It's like Mike D'Antoni's become available, uh, but maybe something like that is happening right now because. There's no way the Rockets should be heading to Game Seven against the Thunder. Well, They're I mean, not. You, got, you got New Orleans is looking for a coach. They're not. Was it New Orleans? I forget down. which team it was. It was one of the teams. It was that could be looking for a coach. Well, what do you got? You got the Nets. You got the Pelicans. The Nets wanted to make the run at Popovich. They Popovich, want to make the run at Popovich correct. right now. It, it might. It might have been the Pelicans. It might have been the Pelicans. But it would, or it could have been a team that that would might have been looking into potentially uh, getting a coach if they they parted ways with theirs. Like maybe, ah, uh, I forget who it was, but Woj had it, and it was a real quick thing last week. That oh yeah, if, if Mike D'Antoni becomes available, and I thought, whoa, I got to stick a pin in that for later because that's something that could that that could come up here. Um, but clearly, look, the Rockets are, are are a mess right now. I mean, look, the records don't tell you exactly where it's all at, and yes. We had a disruption to the NBA season. The Rockets were playing well. The small ball had had turned the NBA on its ear a little bit. But here we are going to Game 7. The Thunder beating the Rockets 104-100, to and the Rockets seem like they have a lot of issues. They were fine without Russell Westbrook. Then they weren't. Then Russell Westbrook came back, and things were okay. And now tonight, clearly, they weren't. And the Thunder, despite having a roster that you would look at this beginning of the season and go, oh, this is a team that's going to be in the lottery. I mean, you look at it, look, this is a team that's going to be in the lottery. You know, Darius Basley hasn't played basketball in a year and a half. He should have went to Syracuse. Uh, you know, what, what, what is he going to, you know, what kind of player is he going to be? Dennis Schroeder's been around a while. What kind of player is he going to be? Chris Paul probably wants out. Steven Adams has been there forever. Uh, Gilgis Alexander is, is, is an okay player. And suddenly here are the Thunder, one win away from Game 7. Definitively a team that is greater than its individual parts because if you look at this team and say, all right, they have players players on here that look like you know a few years ago maybe they were good and maybe when Chris Paul was in his prime but still here they are now one game away from knocking off the Rockets they should not be here but here they are yeah I I think you you take uh, Gilgis Alexander I I give him a little more stock I think it's a little hotter not that he's going to be a 30 a night guy but uh, certainly a solid contributor Steven Adams still dominating in the low post look he doesn't have to do much if he's going to pile up double digit rebounds because you're going to send out a small lineup it's not his fault sorry buddy 
That's the way it goes. Tim and P.J. Tucker battling down low. I think I'll take my chances uh, with Steven <laughs> Adams there. And Chris Paul, 10 of 20 from the field, 3 of 6 from three-point range. Big shots uh, when they mattered. Uh, 28-7, only three assists in this game, but plus 20 on the night. Schroeder's a solid player. Remember, he got ejected uh, last time out. Uh, Nerland's Noel didn't do a whole lot in the stat sheet, but 17 minutes, there was a guy that was once upon a time part of the process and has found a home. You mentioned Basley. You know, he's he's a guy that I think will grow, man. You know, Cusio. Uh, We were talking about Cuse earlier. I I think you got a solid squad and the veteran uh, of Gallinari uh, alongside Paul. I mean, it's enough to frustrate you. And when your star decides he doesn't want the ball in the final minutes, what are you going to do? I mean, Mike D'Antoni doing Mike D'Antoni things. Uh, It might have been Indiana that we were talking about. In terms oh, of, it might have been. Yes, I think Tony it was Indiana. Rivers. Yes, yes, it was Indiana. Yes, that that's. What I was, was just making that was my list surprise. while I was talking yeah. to all the different teams. I think it was Indiana, and, and, and if they wind up flaming out, I mean, maybe it happens. Uh, but this this play, this game came down to this play with eight seconds left. Chris Paul makes a couple of free throws because we got to get into Russell Westbrook now because this is just insane. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are up two. The Rockets have the ball. This could be a hoop to tie it. This could be a three to win the game. And Russell Westbrook does Russell Westbrook things, which unfortunately for the Rockets meant Russell Westbrook things. The Rockets with the shot clock off. And a turnover as Russell Westbrook, another giveaway. Wow. Westbrook struggling here in the fourth. He's turned it over a lot tonight. That's his sixth turnover of the game. And this one comes at the worst time for Houston. Rockets Radio Network on the call. Westbrook is driving into the lane, and he's got a couple of players on him, but he's but he's getting by by TNT actually on the call, sorry. But he's getting by both of them. And Chris Paul is coming over for help defense, and Chris Paul knows he's going to pass this. All right, you watch Chris Paul come in. It looks like Chris Paul is coming in for some help defense, but he's running right around it because he knows Westbrook's going to try to pass this back for a three. And Covington is wide open. Look, when you have three players yeah. on you know, one side of the ball, somebody's going to be open. And the yeah, thing and he is, was Westbrook, spotting up. Yep. He could have, Westbrook could have taken this all the way to the hoop, and he has a layup because the players were guarding him up high near the free throw line. He's by them and in for a layup without a doubt. But his, his intention completely from the beginning was to pass, and you have Chris Paul coming up from around the, around the side to try to get to Covington, and Westbrook just turns and throws the ball out of bounds, not judging where his momentum is, not judging where Covington is, and maybe Covington was supposed to be in a different spot, but it looked like Covington was going to where he was supposed to be. And Westbrook throws the ball out of bounds. His momentum taking him and, and helping him throw the ball out of bounds, clearly the momentum thing for Westbrook. And the Rockets throw the ball out of bounds, and they throw the game away and lose 104-100. And, I mean, it's going to be an absolute field day for Russell Westbrook haters tomorrow. It's really tough. I mean, he comes in. This could be a layup to tie the game. This could be – and he throws the ball out of bounds. And I, I really, he throws it right to the ref. I mean, that, that's, that's the one guy oh, yeah. who catches one bounce, and the ref catches it and points going the other way. Almost like, like he was a Thunder player who was wearing a referee clothes. Yeah. One bounce to the ref who grabs the ball and points the other way, and that was it. Russell Westbrook, yeah. stay away from social media. Don't, this, is, this is not going to be the next 24 hours to 36 hours for Russell Westbrook. They're going to play this play on a loop. All day tomorrow on all the daytime talk shows, you're going to hear the highlight everywhere, and it's going to be Russell Westbrook is overrated. Russell Westbrook stinks. And for a guy who has defended Russell Westbrook so often because the guy is so bleeping dynamic, a play like this, I go, what the hell, man? I really, what the yeah. hell? No, I've, I've always said, you know, we, we've been talking about, you know, the young guys coming up and that mentality of wanting to, you know, to kill you every time down the floor. You know, Russell Westbrook's always been that guy for me enjoying. Uh, He was abysmal in the final minutes of this game. At least, though, he counts in the final minutes because James Harden disappeared altogether. He had an invisibility cloak. Sorry, there was a big Harry Potter marathon over the course of the weekend. So it's still on. Dude, it's still on. We were watching. We were is watching it still uh, going now? It's still going. Dude, Order of the Phoenix is on right now. Good <laughs> God, man. <laughs> it just <laughs> keeps <laughs> going. <laughs> 
All right. So uh, well, we'll go back to that. But the, you know, James Harden, two of seven from the field in the fourth quarter, didn't take a shot in the final three minutes. He had uh, a drive where he gave up the ball, got caught in the air and kind of flipped it. And he gave it right to Chris Paul. And you could see the Chris Paul look like, yeah, I got you. Uh, and started to drive back the other way. So between the two of them, uh, they've got some explaining to do as to exactly what happened here in those final minutes, right? At 307 and 304, missed three-point shots. He gets two more of them up. But between him and the Russell Westbrook turnovers and the air ball, that will live forever. The air ball, I, I think, supersedes the turnover, Jason, in that he stood there posing like he, oh, you, you know, Wesley Snipes and white men can't jump. Oh, how pretty that was. Except it was an air ball. James Harden saved it and, and fired it off a, a, a Thunder player to retain the possession. But it was one of those moments like, what am I watching? Why are you posing? What's going on here? Uh, and then the last minute was absolutely terrible. So uh, curiosity to hear what D'Antoni's got to say uh, and whether James Harden can prove he was on the court in those final minutes. Mm. Well, the last – look, Westbrook tried to do a lot in the last couple of yeah. minutes. He missed a layup. He had two turnovers. He shot an air ball. I mean, this was not the final three minutes for him. And this is, this is the issue with him and James Harden. Both guys need the basketball, and for the most part, they have figured it out. But Westbrook, at the end of games, this is what he does so often. I'm going to try to take over at the end of games, and this is what I'm going to try to do. And whether this was instinct for him, whatever it was, because I'm trying to get in the flow, and I think I can win this game myself, uh, this is what he has done so many times in the past. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. The issue is when it worked the best with him is because, hey, if it's not me, I can get the ball to Kevin Durant and things are going to be fine. The last couple of seasons with Oklahoma City, when there hasn't been anybody, it's been more difficult. Now it's, hey, dude, spread the floor, man. I know Gordon's not having a big night. He can make a big shot, okay? Harden, get the ball to him. Like You're looking for Covington, who had a nice night shooting the ball, and he was four out of six from three-point range, so I get him trying to take a wide-open three, but come on, man, you got to get them the ball. It's not like there's nobody else. You know, when there was nobody else, I get it. And I could defend Russell Westbrook. And I could say, all right, well, who else do you want the ball in their hands? Who else? You really want him to, to get the ball to Steven Adams? You really want him to get the ball? What else do you want? This is a guy that's got to have the ball in his hands. But now there's guys he's got to get it to. And he's not and he's not doing that. He didn't do it tonight. And he had seven turnovers. It was a horrendous game for him. And somehow the Rockets are staring at a game seven they should not be at. And, and it's... It's keeping Russell Westbrook away from the worst parts of himself. When this first happened, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, when they first made the move and Russell Westbrook got to the Rockets, I said, this is exactly what the Rockets need. As long as Westbrook can say no to those intentions and those instincts where he tries to do way too much because he's got other players around him now. Then it's going to work. If he can stay away from being from just the worst instincts that he normally has, which is I'm just going to do this all by myself and I'm the, I'm the only one seeing this play on the floor. The other four guys aren't seeing it. I'm going to try to make a play happen. No one's ready for the ball. No one's ready for where my pass is going to go. As long as he could stay away from that, the Rockets were going to be fine. And here you are after being without him, coming back. This is Russell Westbrook. This is the end of his reign in Oklahoma City uh, on full display of he's still the same guy that at the end of the game, when he's got other people to pass the bleeping ball to and figure it out, he still winds up throwing the ball out of bounds, missing shots, and not making plays in the clutch. Mm. The uh, I've watched that, that pass like 10 times now, and I'm just scratching my head, right? Because momentum carries it forward. It's like, did you go to the right spot? Is it a miscommunication? Was he supposed to come off the elbow and get to the, to the, you know, the angle? I, I just, oh, the game of inches, right? Because when, when you look at it in, in terms of the night, Covington had been your most efficient player in terms of scoring seven of 11 four of six from three-point range and he was feeling it there ready ready for the ball so it goes to Westbrook if, if they lose this series man and they lose to Chris Paul and Alfonso Ribeiro how bad is that man Sorry, it's the uh, the commercial <laughs> where Alfonso's running around pretending to be his dad uh, yeah. but it's it's just the idea that you know the, you tear it up right? 
somehow, some way? Because D'Antoni will be gone. And oh, sure. If this, if this blows of, you know, up, do yeah. you keep these yeah. two together? Yeah. If this, if this blows up, you could see a complete, all right, now we have to completely retool because we thought our small ball philosophy was going to work. And this is the year for it to work, where teams only saw a glimpse of it before COVID-19, the Rockets are winning games. Now they don't they don't have a lot to see. Now that we're starting over again in the bubble, this was the year for it to work. But this has been a lot of James Harden being a superstar. This has been a lot of years of the Rockets falling short. If, if they fall out here in the first round of the playoffs, you're going to see all kinds of changes. It, it, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be ugly, and it's going to be who are who are these rockets and what what are we trying to do? Because a new coach means a new philosophy. I mean, they're not going to stick with the with the with the players they have. They're not going to stick with the small ball. And Harden is now going to be on the wrong side of thirty, trying to figure out how to lead a team to a championship. Are they going to get guys around him? There is no team whose future is more at stake than the Rockets right now. If they lose this next game, it's going to be a completely new situation. Oh, this is it, man. This this is what it's all about right here. Uh, you wanted drama. We got a couple of game sevens. They'll be in prime time and national television. No cable here. We're, t- we're talking network. Uh, but two superstars, you know, for, for Harden, is he is he done with the bubble? Right? Is, is, you know, he checked out? I mean, that's a question that's starting to make its way around social media. Uh, and, and go on. You've got LeBron standing for CP3. Put some respect on his name and more, is what <laughs> James is tweeting. So it, uh, a big game, and, and now it's the, you know, he, a hero will rise. It's like, do, do Harden and Westbrook, at least for a moment, shake off, you know, past miseries? And for Mike D'Antoni, does he get a sigh of relief? And well, which means Chris Paul goes away and the Chris Paul narratives go again? Mm. or is it the other way and, and Chris Paul becomes hero? I love it, man. Uh, either way, it's just absolute gold for sports talk radio and sports television. Mm. Live from the Geico Studios. And certain cities I can't go to anymore, Mike Harmon. I can't go to Green Bay. I can't go to Portland. No. Can't nope. go to Utah. Nope. I can also go to San Diego. Yeah, you can go there. The yeah, Padres. Utah, you're a hero right now. Yes, I'm a hero in Utah. The and problem I'm a hero. is no, they can't buy you beer there, really. No, but that's harder. okay. You could, you could buy me a Diet Coke or a Coke Zero. Coke Zero. Milkshake. You will buy me a Coke Zero. You will get me a Coke Zero. Uh, the Padres flagship station loves me, loves me, loves it. My <laughs> Padres. My, my Dark Horse World Series team had the trade of the day in Major League Baseball. Look, we saw a lot of teams make moves today at the trade deadline, which was much more there was more activity than I thought we'd see. We saw the elite of the elite teams kind of stay the same. The Dodgers mm-hmm. didn't really make a move other than trading away Ross Stripling. They didn't really gain anything. And I get that because teams don't really know who they are still. So the best of the best, hey, we're good. We're not going to mess this up right now. We've only and playing 40 games. Teams that needed to make a move did. Teams like the Padres, the A's, they made those moves. And the biggest move was the Padres getting Mike Clevenger. And this is a guy they absolutely needed because he is a front of the rotation stud. They're still deep with pitching. I like the fact the Indians got some good young players back from the Padres, including the guy who's likely going to take over for Francisco Lindor in a couple of years. They got a guy that's going to probably start in the outfield for him now. They got a lot for him. This is a good trade for both teams. But the main thing of this is that, and this is part of the weirdness of 2020, is that Mike Clevenger was available because of the COVID-19 situation with the Indians in which he and another player, Zach Plesak, decided to go against quarantine and go against the directives in place and wind up not even telling the team about it. Clevenger flew back on the flight after breaking protocol, and it became a really hot-button topic for a couple of weeks. And still to the point where we saw this as, is this situation still tenable? And it really wasn't. Because once they went down this road, you can tell that Clevenger, they were going to have a tough time coming back, especially Clevenger, because he got on the plane with them after he didn't tell them he broke quarantine. And that's a, that's a, that's a no-trust thing. That's a really sure. big deal. Well, he is not an option to both of them to the minor yeah. leagues. That's he is, how, the quick response of, all right, you're going to the, uh, it's like hockey, you're going to the sin bin. He I, is I, not I, available. There's yeah. no way he's traded at this point, maybe in the offseason, but there's no way he's traded 
if that doesn't happen. The Indians are still fighting for the AL Central. Why would you, even though you have pretty good starting pitching, right? You got some pretty good guys coming up. Carrasco has come back from, from leukemia and, and Bieber's good. You have some pretty good pit, but this is a front of the rotation horse who has pitched phenomenally. And you, this is the guy you trade at this point? No, no, no. Do you trade him in the offseason when you feel like, okay, we're moving past? We went from Kluber, Bauer, and Clevenger. Now we're on to our next in, invention of the team with starting pitching, and that's fine. But you're not making that move now when you're in the thick of it and can win the AL Central. You're not doing that right now when you're there with the White Sox and the Twins and it's anybody's game. You are not making that move until the offseason. He's not traded if that COVID-19 stuff doesn't happen. He's still on the Indians. Oh, absolutely right. I mean, stat that's been pushed around. Second lowest ERA since 2017 in the American League behind Justin Verlander. So you're, you're looking at a guy very valuable, uh, but broke trust. And, and what are we seeing across sports in all of these places? Culture. If you don't fit, you're gone, right? Leonard Fournette in, in Gakwe, he didn't want to be there. They were tired of fighting with him. He took money to leave, i.e., we'll have to talk about the cesspool uh, that is Jacksonville. Sorry for our friends in Jacksonville. Hi, Mike. Uh, but, you know, uh, there's, there's all, those, all those things. But, you know, you, you, you broke code, right? Everybody that opted in basically said, I, you know, they're going to look out for us. we got to look out for each other. So it's San Diego's gain. But he's got to know the rules of engagement. Young team on the come and a lot of, lot of interest and opportunity here. And, and now you're a veteran pitching leader, and, and you're going to be called on to do big things. For Cleveland, it's a curious move, right? As much as you've, you've got guys that, that help you long term, you are fighting for the division still. So a little bit of a head scratcher, but they needed to make the move uh, and, and get that culture back. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smiths are with Mike Carmen live from the Geico Studios. Coming up next. Boy, do we have two hot takes for you coming from the NBA. One involves the Lakers and the Clippers. The other, Harden and Westbrook. Keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is 
finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.